Hello and welcome to the Free Mind Podcast with Seth and Nerva Reddy. This is Stephen Robles and we're excited to bring you a second part to our interview with Seth's best friend and youth pastor, Doug Damon. And before we get to that, it's apropos because last week, Seth and Nerva were actually at Impact 360 camp and they were doing some music with the youth there at the camp. And again, we just want to point you one more time to this awesome source for apologetics material, impact360.org. They have online courses about truth, worldview, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and a new free course on the Gen Z, great for youth pastors and those in student ministry. So we encourage you, as always, to check out impact360.org. And when you sign up for one of those online courses, use the promo code FREEMIND for $25 off. Thanks again for joining us. And now here is part two of our interview with Doug Damon. So now working at Liberty, can you just tell us maybe um, maybe a little bit about what that job's actually like, but also would love to know how does how does it compare working with college students? And I know you actually, after you were a youth pastor at Calvary Assembly in Winter Haven, you eventually went and worked at Southeastern University yep. as an RD for a while and were very involved in the university there. Yep. Can you maybe tell us if there's any difference between what you see in college students now versus back then? Uh, and even youth, because you were teaching, like you said, seventh grade Bible. Just compare and contrast kind of what's going on and maybe tell our listeners about what you do there. Uh, well, just to start uh, with the, the last part first, uh, as an LU shepherd, basically I'm, I'm responsible for uh, giving oversight to the, the spiritual condition of, of two specific residence areas. Um, and so we have, we have 10 LU shepherds who do the same thing. So all of our resident residence areas are covered in that regard. Um, and then we have two, what we call resident shepherds. Uh, what, uh, they're, they're basically counterparts to RAs. Okay. And, and so, whereas RAs tend to be a little more administrative, um, with discipline and, in in behavioral issues, yeah. uh, the, the RSs are, specifically there for, uh, spiritual counseling, um, uh, leading or giving oversight to our, our small groups, our community groups, which meet every Wednesday night. Uh, what we have going on at Liberty, I believe it, it it's maybe the most unique program, um, in the country. Mm-hmm. And we, we are, we've, we've seen over 1100 students get saved, uh, on campus wow. in, in the last, 18 months. Um, and, and that's everything to do with the, the quality of our, our student leaders who are leading out on Wednesday nights after what we have, uh, what we call campus community. It's our, our Wednesday big gathering, um, where we have anywhere between four and 5,000 students come to the vine center and, and just go after the Lord and pastor David teaches really great stuff. So, we we give oversight to all those student leaders and and of course we provide uh in 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 depth pastoral counseling pastoral care hospital visitations oh, all those so kind of things that that's what our office does we act as the pastoral arm of liberty university um so yeah i i would be lying if i told you it wasn't the greatest thing <laughs> that i've ever had the opportunity to do i love it yeah. um yeah, I everything I've done I love. 
I, I've loved being a youth pastor. I love being a Bible teacher. <laughs> uh, being a Bible teacher and a football coach was a really incredible combination. Just saying. Yes. Um, but yeah, this this opportunity to just kind of have unfettered access into the lives of our students on campus is is pretty amazing. Wow. Wow. Um, two back, things here. You okay. said. Uh, you said they got saved. That's old school for they accepted Jesus Christ <laughs> as their Lord oh, and yeah, Savior. Became yeah, born no, again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's huge. No, and the second thing is, if you're from Liberty University and listening to this, you can write the check out to. Yeah, Saturday. you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Amen. But no, I Amen. love that man. That that that's. I, I think you do. I've noticed that about you is that you really have the ability to love and fully invest yourself wherever you are. Mm. Be present. And to to just dive in fully and mm. be content and mm. joyful in that, and I love that. But yeah, tell, I would love to hear maybe your thoughts on that contrast. As yeah, well sure. In comparison, sure. Well, in in just to the the point you just made, Seth, it comes down to this: stewardship is far more than financial. Mm. What has God given you in any way, shape, and form, and that ultimately informs every decision that comes out of mine and Mindy's lives. How are we stewarding this for the Lord? Whether that's our family, whether that's the ministry to which he's called us, whether that's our finances, whatever it is, it all comes back to stewardship. But with regards to the compare and contrast of students today versus, you know, again, it's, it's two and a half decades. It's, yeah, it's been man. a long time. And, and there has been a lot of change. I think one of the, one of the biggest things that's, that's incredibly frustrated, frustrating, excuse me, is, is the idea of entitlement. Mm. Um, one of my least favorite phrases ever to be spoken is it's unfair. <laughs> <laughs> And, 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 you know, there've been moments when I haven't necessarily addressed that comment with great grace. Mm. Um, cause I'm like, let me talk to you about unfair. Yeah. Right. You, you're coming from your context. Let me talk to you about my context. Mm. Do you think it was fair for me to grow up like this? Do you think mm. it was fair for me to have to disarm my dad of a gun? <laughs> Do you think that it was fair? You know, and, and, and I tend yeah. to get a little worked up about that kind of stuff. So he's got um, those crazy eyes. Yeah, I know. It just it, it sprung on me. I'll show Might you unfair. You don't know unfair. <laughs> this is so good. Yeah. yeah so you entitlement. Know, it's, it's, mm. This and idea of entitlement, and I, it was summed up when I was when I was still uh, in formal education. A young man was complaining to be to me about one of my colleagues, and. Again, with patience and and with grace, I was I was trying to say, you know what, son, I appreciate how you feel, but it's not appropriate for you to speak that way about one of my colleagues. If you if you feel that, you should have an honest conversation with her. And he said, "Well, all I'm saying is she needs to respect me before I give her the respect that she deserves." And and that was so enlightening to me. And it was the first time because, you know, even though I grew up in complete and total dysfunction, sure, adults were adults and you better respect your adults. You respect your elders. Yeah, man. Even in dysfunction, we were taught that. Absolutely. 
Right, you no, you got it was common. Listen, yeah, I'm old school that hit, way right? too. Yeah, she will, snatch, she will snatch somebody up. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, put some, yeah, respect, on put some <laughs> respect on it. Put some respect on it. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's the culture I was raised in. Adults are to be respected no matter what. That's right. Period. You so just when, when yeah. that statement came out, that's where I was. It's a new day. I'm like, well, that's completely flip flopped. Yeah. And, and that was, you know, that was, that was about a dozen years ago. Hmm. And so I've seen a continuation, sure. um, uh, you know, like it's, it's, it's all a pendulum, pendulum mm-hmm. yeah. swinging, yeah. right? And, okay. and it has swung from one side to the other side. And, and it's all about catering and all about, um, man, you, you can't, you can't be too hard. And, and again, political correctness and. Don't hurt anyone's feelings things. and offenses right, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and it's killing, it's killing our faith. It, going back to one of the very first podcasts that you guys did, which by the way, I just, I love them. I genuinely love oh, them thanks, um, and have challenged me. They've challenged me in such wonderful ways, but you were talking about um, Lauren Daigle in that interview and how the the interviewer, no matter how well intentioned he was, yeah. said, "Do you feel yeah. hmm, that homosexuality is wrong?" Yeah, you have set her up for failure. Yeah, right. Instantly, you've set her up for failure because this isn't a feeling. Yeah, it, objective moral truth. Come on, <laughs> right? Sure. And and but we've gotten away from that. Yeah, in man. so many ways, and and so I see a ton of that yeah. now. Yeah, it's, okay. it's all about the feeling. Even at a Christian school, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Totally. Interesting. Totally feelings. about the feelings. J.P. Moreland calls it a sensate culture. Yeah. Where feeling is the highest thing we consider. We we ask, how are you feeling today? Not how are you thinking today? <laughs> right. You know? Right. Are yeah. you thinking today? Might yes. Be a question we start. <laughs> Good reminder. Hey, you have that option. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. just curious. <laughs> did you engage your brain at any point today? <laughs> Because I don't think you did, if I'm just being honest. I discern that you have not. Okay. So good. No, that's good. So that's one of the things you see. Mm. Do you, and, you know, there's many, I mean, social scientists, are, they're making their living off figuring out the different variables that are contributing to things like entitlement. And sure. The loss of knowledge, the loss of, you know, just kind of common sense, really. Do, mm-hmm. you, do you see that as well, like lack right. of common sense? Right. <laughs> It is not that common. Um, It's astonishing. Mm. It's astonishing. The uh, I I certainly won't uh, won't quote the story I was confronted with, but I I had to deal with the situation where ultimately I I fired a student leader um, because of one of the statements that he made was so alarming to me, Mm. and and lacked any ounce of common sense. Mm. Like that, just a just a sure. a total lack of decorum mm. that would that would seem reasonably present for anybody and he just and and made made this statement and it was so horrific mm. um and and I dealt with that much much more gently than than initially I wanted to uh because again you know me right. uh, you know sure. that there is a tendency uh, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? Oh, right? You, you like to lay hands on people suddenly, suddenly and repeat, yes. And repeatedly. Yes, in the name of Jesus, uh, <laughs> the Samson ministry. You know, pick up something hard and hit them. With it. Um, but 
seeing that kind of stuff, hearing those kind of statements, um, you know, uh, uh, come on, social media. Mm. Yeah. You want to talk about a lack of common sense. Yeah. Right. How many... How many times we, we, we've just, we've, we've seen a lot of that. It's a place to practice tactlessness. Mm, mm. It's just so flooded with tactlessness. (laughs) I mean, you look at it, you know, common courtesy and civility is a, is a vintage thing. It's an old school thing. It does not even show itself Mm -hmm. often. So I think people have practiced the opposite so much that that's what comes first, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So that's sad. Yeah. That's really sad. But yeah, Definitely is. For sure. Wow. So, you know, and, and I was referencing the social scientists too to think about, I think part of what's contributing to a lot of these things is the fatherlessness Ooh. and the breakdown of the family and our culture. Because even at Liberty, y'all probably getting, you know, people by and large with even better family situations than what would be on average, maybe. I don't know the stats. But, um, but even at that, I can imagine that you're seeing the fruit of this breakdown and fatherlessness. Would you say that that's. Yeah. Oh no. You you, unequivocally the single greatest contributing factor to the state of things in, in our country uh, is, is the epidemic pandemic of fatherlessness Mm. Um, in my time at the university. So I've been there now for four full years, getting ready to start my fifth and have had, I'll say I'll say a half dozen young men expressly ask me if I would play the role of their father mm. because they just didn't have it. And man, um, I get it, I get it, but oh my gosh, yeah, what a travesty! And and so watching watching young ladies yeah um you know i'm 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 old school i'm conservative in so many ways the young ladies man when when the temperature rises above 70 degrees i am astonished at how the clothes just drop off Mm. and 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 wind up having you know young men sit in front of me and they're like how how do i handle this how do i you know, in, in now you done gone to meddling. You know, I know, I know, right? You don't have to put a trigger warning. That's a whole nother podcast. podcast. I know. I know. <laughs> That's I know. A whole nother- You're expressing some common sense. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. some virtue. You know, uh, what I, again, just another area in which I, I value my bride so mm. much is, is she does not pull punches when it comes to this. Come on. Um, when she has students who are going to get up on on a platform and lead worship. Come on. Nervous pointing at him just so y'all. Oh, yeah. Listen. Yeah, she is. It, well, she, yes. she won't play. Yeah. She has on many occasions said you will not perform that way. Come on. Go I love change. that. I love that. And, and so I take my lead from her. Yeah. Um, I also have a niece who lives in the area, graduated from Liberty University, just a precious young lady. Um, and, and there was a specific situation where we had somebody, a, a young lady coming around who, who was maybe interested in one of my boys and, uh, and my niece, Emily was there and the young lady left and Emily looked at me and said, what, what, what is this? And why is she here? Come on. That, that shirt was see-through. Whew. What is she? She doesn't belong here. That's not somebody that's that one of my cousins is going to be dating. Mm. Right. 
<laughs> and and Come on. and I said, help me understand what you're thinking because I want to I want to know. She's Pick obviously closer, yeah. you know, in age. And and she said, I know that there is no young lady who walks out of the out of the apartment or out of the dorm, not knowing exactly what she looks like Ooh. from every angle. And I was like, wow, that's enlightening. Right. <laughs> like I, I, she I was raised right. Like Listen, now that if you can see Doug, that's apparent. This brother showed up to a basketball tournament one time with cut off sweats. And I said, he he just, he gave up all all hope of caring what he looked like. <laughs> but we still put it on and won that, you know won we that did. ring. You know we did. Oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> but no, Nerva, you know, she she is, she is has that ministry too, but she will, like I said before, she'll snatch somebody up in love like you, you have. Sure. Because you went through that process. Oh yeah. You know, I came up listening to teachers that didn't play. Juanita Bynum, she said, you know, you... Where are you going out the door looking like that? Messing with your anointing, the calling mm. that God has placed on your life. On. If you're drawing attention to your body, and the, wh- where is the where is the sanctification in that? Wow. You've made a decision at that point yeah. to exchange the purity for just self. That's that's foreign self. Talk. Yeah, that is foreign talk. And so is. you know, and not to be super legalistic, but it's there is there is a difference between purity and the opposite it's like you know when you are asking when you're drawing attention to yourself with what you're putting on Mm -hmm. and but yet when you are called to to minister to the body of christ and worship i think there's a whole nother standard you your brothers that are playing the drums behind you like you said the guys are struggling like how can i focus i'm trying to to honor god and and so we play a part and everybody's discipleship based on the decisions that we make. But we, I think it's, um, I think young people need to be taught that over and over again. I think it's just a lost knowledge that what the choices we make is is regards to what we put on our bodies matters, whether it's 99 degrees outside or not. I think still, you know, if you're where we're not at the beach, we're going to the Walmart. I mean, you know, it it does matter. The Walmart, Walmart, you know, so is there a difference? Yeah. So, (laughs) No, but no, yeah. But to your point, it's not a one-time lesson, and that's not a one, that's yeah. one of the areas because when we have no consistency it's a lost, in the home, yeah, how can we expect for, for sure to be consistency in the life of these yeah. young people, right? Yeah. And I know I sound like an old man every time I no, say no, no. young people. Mindy reminds me of that, but uh, it it just is what it is, right? Yeah. Um, it's just real, yeah. It, to 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 kind of jump into a, an additional area that is that has changed the entire landscape Hmm. of our society um the smartphone oh boy and and the the woes that come with the smartphone and well I'm, i'm sitting behind my desk and i would say conservatively 95 percent of every male who sits across from me is confessing some sort of Hmm. um either coming out of addiction to Mm. pornography um, in the midst of the addiction or just completely eat up with the temptation to to tread off into that place because uh, so many of the the kids that i engage today the students i engage today were given this smartphone, aka a live hand grenade, <laughs> ten years ago, and and wow. basically for the sake of of becoming a nanny, 
to like, man, it, th- when they got their phone, they're occupied. They don't, mm. I don't, I don't, it's, it's much less work for me as a parent. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Right. So yeah. I, I don't have to work as hard to oh. parent when, when they're occupied. And I know that can sound really harsh. I get it. But I, but I'm living that. I have four mm. sons that I'm raising in this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we fought, we fought my, my, Chad laughs all the time. They don't make flip phones anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like they yeah. don't, if they do, they, not many networks support them. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. and you know, he had a flip phone until his junior year of high school. Uh, Seth was in the same boat. And then I see. I see. Parker and Jackson, you know, we, we fought against getting them smartphones, but then, the, you know, they start sports and, and they're having to borrow somebody's phone every day, you know, calling sure. to say, Hey, yeah. we're practice is over or whatever. And, mm. um, so that kind of stuff. So we, we did get them phones, but man, they, for all intents and purposes, for the most yeah. part, they're, they're bricks, they're text call, um, okay. emailing machines, I you know, see. uh, now they, they will, we, we, with the, like something like covenant eyes or, or those yeah. kind of things, which I have downloaded on all the devices, um, they can tread off into some entertainment aspects, but it's all monitored. So, uh, because I just, we want to protect as much as possible. Yeah, man, that's so good. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think necessary these days and, um, you know, you mentioned to just, you know, being responsible for your kids and, and mm. I'm thinking about when I, I know for me and Nerva, when we look at you and Mindy and your family, y'all, you guys embody to me a picture of marriage and family that like, if you looked up and I know it's not perfect, right. like I said about right. our family, right? but if you were to look up in, in the new Testament, like you had a QR code with pictures next to Bible verses and it was like the family, like, like y'all's picture would pop up <laughs> wow. is the, is the picture of redemption and what yeah. can become. Sure. And I know a big part of that is what you've discovered about fatherhood and masculinity yeah. Yeah. and your role in the home. Yeah. Can, and, and we've lost that in our culture, obviously, yeah. clearly, like we, we have no clue. Yeah. You know, the only time we talk about masculinity these days is in the, context of toxic masculinity yeah. is what's called and you know like anything else there's a nugget of truth in that they're they're pointing sure. out some of the the falls the, the 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 flaws and fallen human nature as it gets expressed in maleness and mm-hmm. our society gone wrong mm-hmm. where they aren't doing biblical masculinity unfortunately the way they define it it's this big umbrella term that ends up labeling stuff that is actually a good part of our design is toxic as well mm-hmm. um and so in essence, we've got to do surgery and tease all that out. But can you lay out maybe a picture for us of what biblical fatherhood and bibi- biblical masculinity looks like and, and how you try to employ that in your family? And I, and I would say successfully embody mm-hmm. that in your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Seth. I, um, on purpose for a purpose, that's how each one of us has been created in the lives of our boys you know, Mindy, Mindy, who is not a sports fanatic in any way, shape or form. Can I get a witness? Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, but when it, when it came to having our, our fourth son, she said, you know, honey, I, I just want to make sure we're on the same page that we are going four for four, that these boys will, will follow the Lord. 
And I know you know you might be hearing that, and you might be thinking, "Man, how can you guarantee that?" Well, we can't guarantee it, yeah. but we can sure enough lay a foundation yeah. that gives them cause to follow hard after the Lord. Amen. You can absolutely do that, and you know I think so. So many times where we go wrong is is do what I say, don't do what I do. Mm. The the inconsistencies within the home wind up setting up fractured foundations. And when those foundations crumble, people start treading off into places they probably never would have gone otherwise. And so for us, we, we recognize that the Lord has a specific calling on each one of their lives. And our job as placeholders this side of eternity we're not just placeholders right he he gave us these children and therefore as i was saying before we have to steward them well mm. um i i had a dear brother of mine say to me and I, I don't know from a theological standpoint i don't know how accurate this is but he 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 just he said this to me he said you know doug I, at the end of the day i'm going to stand before the lord and i'm going to give an account for my bride and for my children mm. And, and anything else is just, you know, bonus. Yeah. But, but my first ministry, my bride and my children, mm-hmm. and I want to make sure that I can stand confidently because, because of the Holy Spirit in my life, I've been able to be a good husband and a good father. That's awesome. And I've been able to point them toward mm-hmm. Christ in everything that I do. And that really resonated deeply with me. Yeah. That... Yeah, I mean, again, theologically, I don't know if that's going to happen at the end of days when I, in the eschatology of it all, when sure. I, if I'm going to stand before the sure. Lord and say, "Here, here's what I did with what you gave me." Yeah, but I like that thought. Yeah, yeah. being good, and steward. I like that accountability. Yeah, for man. sure. These are these are precious, precious sons of the Most High King. And he has honored me and blessed me with the privilege of raising them. Mm-hmm. How dare I do that lightheartedly? Mm-hmm. How dare I do that irresponsibly? How dare I do that neglectfully? And so we just, we just partner together to do the best we can to, to show them the love of Christ and, mm-hmm. and to model what it looks like, you know, loving God and loving others. And, um, you know, yeah. that's, that's really good. Nerva just sent me a message I was listening to today, um, on biblical manhood or something like that mm-hmm. by Douglas Wilson. He was <laughs> kind of mentioning what you just said there. Um, your friend's analogy, he said, you know, that was the analogy Paul used to say, can this guy lead a church? Mm-hmm. How does he, how does he do with his household? Yeah. yeah. And he was saying, you know, the first cri- criterion for, becoming the pastor wasn't the MDiv. That's right. Wow. Amen. It was, the, Amen. It was his family, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I think what you said there was key is stewardship because he was pointing out biblical masculinity had to do one with uh, responsibility, mm-hmm. taking responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that's what you just said in essence. Mm-hmm. And also um, protecting mm-hmm. and self-sacrificial headship. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, 
you know, that's what I've always, I've always seen you and, and just, you know, if you, if you guys, you're not here with us, so you don't know, you know, if you looked up masculinity in the dictionary, like Doug's picture would be there. Crazy <laughs> smile. His brother, you know, he's like the canonical masculine. Me, me and my friend uh, Solomon always joke that like, you know, Sol- uh, Doug hurt his knee in the pool the other day, like completely ripped his quadricep where his kneecap was actually sticking straight Yikes. forward. <laughs> And we said he probably jumped out of the pool and pushed it back in place and sewed it up himself and then got back on the diving board. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it wasn't quite hilarious. like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, but he goes down a ledge. You know, football player just, you know. Um, so you definitely have that that masculine thing going. But that I would say that that's probably more of the surfacey yeah. masculine thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the deeper thing that I have seen you embody is you – you protect mm. your family. You 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 lay down what you want for them. And I know you would say you'd be the first person to say you don't do that perfectly. No, not at all. And that's no. a work in progress. But yeah. but I've seen you do that at times in ways that are notable and mm. and have taught me and are still teaching me to learn. Like man, this is this is real masculinity. Like mm. what Jesus did. Mm. He laid down his life on the cross for his bride. You know, I, I again, Seth, I, I I so appreciate that in in. And again, those of you who, who who are listening, you have to understand there's only a boldness here because the boldness is found in Jesus Christ and in his Holy Spirit in me, because I can assure you that I have been the fool, that I have been the idiot. And it took my dear brother, Pepper Brook, to sit me down because my, frankly, my wife told on me and I'm using air quotes right there um, because I had given this man permission and access into my life to speak anything that needed to be spoken. And, and I was being a fool young in marriage. I was being a fool. And that man sat me down. He said, Doug, you know, I love you. I said, I do. He said, uh, you see that seven iron over there. We're sitting in his office and there's a golf club, a seven iron propped up against the, the wall. I said, yes, sir. He said, I'd like to wrap that around your head right now. You're being a fool. <laughs> really? Absolutely. Wow. And I was like, okay, you got my attention because uh, Pepper was not a little man. Right. And He's like, in uh, fact, hand it to me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I want to do that. But he, uh, he then proceeded to dress me down in love hmm. and help me understand the errors of my ways. Hmm. And like David in Psalm... 51 right yeah like repentance mm-hmm. i can i can heart. sit here and and speak boldly about these things because by the grace of god i am no longer that man i man that i'm not ever going to be that man again uh, that's the beauty of the sanctifying process and mm. it's also the beauty of of allowing people into your life Come and, on. And, and so men who are listening to this podcast you if you're trying to walk this alone you got to understand that the enemy only comes to steal kill and destroy and if he can isolate you he can devastate you and you need people in your life you need strong brothers um, I love John Eldridge. I love, mm-hmm. you know, just the concepts he talks about in the masculine journey and, and the different phases, the six phases of the masculine journey. And he talks about how you should always have somebody above where you are and somebody below where you are Ooh, that's good. in the masculine journey. Mm. So somebody's pouring into you and you're pouring into somebody else. And, um, 
because the accountability is absolutely essential yeah, if good. we're going to become what mm. it is that God's called us to be. So I, I, I certainly don't want to come across as holier than thou. I don't want to come across like I've always got this right mm. because I know I haven't. But I will tell you this, I'm not going to use the, the excuse of we're never going to be perfect this side of eternity to strive for imperfection. Mm. God says, be holy for I am holy. Ooh. It wasn't a suggestion. It's a, it's a, it's mm. a command. And, and I, I think it, to further answer the question about differences, and it's not just a young person thing or a, sure. you know, it's, it's a, it's a societal thing. Yeah. We have lost the value. We have lost the understanding of the holiness of God. Mm. And there will be a price to be paid for that. Yeah, man. There will be a price. You, the, the mountain prophet who's talking about, I mean, I don't, I don't care what you, what people think about that particular gift. Yeah. You better believe that God is going to raise people up to speak those kind of truths because people aren't hearing the other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, uh, you know, second Timothy, we're, we're, we're lovers of ourselves. Oh boy. And we don't want the truth. Mm. And, and so, you know, these are things that, uh, that we need to step into this place of recognizing the holiness of God and, and that is something that I'm striving to do. Yeah. And I do want to be holy as he is holy. Although I know it's not attainable this side of glory, man, we can certainly run. Yeah. We can certainly stride toward that yeah. Yeah. in a beautiful way, inviting the Holy Spirit to have control of our lives. That's when we actually become the most Amen. effective instruments mm. in his hands. That's Sermon so over. Good. No, no, that's Amen. good. Preach that thing. Mind you, the other night, you know, just to speak on how Doug graciously receives the accountability and graciously gives it. He sat, sat, sat the night down and was like, okay, how are y'all really doing? Mm. I know y'all got this going on and that going on, but how's your marriage? Truly looked at me, looked at Seth and just wanted to make sure that we were not neglecting our covenant and that we were definitely uh, being good stewards yeah, of our marriage. So thank you, Doug, for that. One more thing. Um, from the message that we listened to this morning, um, he referenced the father um, when the dove descended down on Jesus. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Um, you take pleasure in your sons. I mean, you see them, you know them, you know their wirings, you know their personalities, and you speak such life to them. They know without a doubt that you love them and that you have just there's nothing you won't do to show your unconditional love. And so that's another beauty of fatherhood. And so with the, with the youth pastor thing and the pastor thing, sometimes that when they, when the students have come to you and asked, would you be my father? You know, the scripture talks about how spiritual family will sometimes be our real family. Mm -hmm. When our mother and father forsake us of the Lord, you know, the Lord always puts in, gives us these gifts in the body. But I just want to say that I can't underestimate the youth pastor, the pastoral position in a young person's life when that family situation is so rough or that grandmother you spoke of, your grandmother, just if you're a cousin, a grandmother out there and you're the only light in your family, yeah. don't underestimate the seeds no. that you're sowing, the prayers that you're praying, because, you know, when one person plants a seed, another person waters and God gives the increase. So 
Thank you for touching on all those yeah, things yeah. today, how important yeah. that is, just awesome. whatever role we play in the body and discipleship. Well, I just, I, I, it, it, it is important for me to say uh, with that and yeah. such a great point, because my, my grandmother, again, she, she was the foundation. The yeah. Lord yeah. used her to set, totally. set it all up. Mm. And, yeah. and my father did get saved. He mm. passed away a year ago. And, uh, it, but in his last few years of life, he had gotten saved. And, and there was tangible evidence of that. And I'm talking about praying for somebody for over 30 years. Wow. Yeah, that's right. how sometimes it's and, and 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 he did get saved and he Amen. never became the the patriarch that I would have loved to have seen him become, but man, he's gonna be all that and more when we get to heaven, mm. right? Amen. Because whether you Amen. get in by the skin of your teeth, you know <laughs> what I'm saying, <laughs> or Make you're Charles it, Spurgeon, you know, you know I mean, whatever the case may <laughs> yes. be, yes. in the presence of God, man, that's we're complete and we're yeah. whole and and so I. I'm so grateful for that influence mm -hmm. of, of a godly grandmother who did not get to lead me to the Lord, mm -hmm. but ultimately pointed me there Amen. so Amen. that it sure. paved the way for me to be able to step into that. Sure. Man, that's really good, man. Well, we only have a few more minutes left for here before we got to wrap it up, but I wanted to just touch on real, real briefly here, if we can, a couple, a couple things you mentioned this, part of when you when you do when you officiate weddings you always say this one yeah. little mm. phrase i want you to to give us that and also mm. real quickly this is a big topic but we'll have to narrow it down but i know you guys work with people you're a football coach and mindy's works in theater mm -hmm. and you work with males in both of those arenas yeah and so they have different characteristics, some of which might not be characterized as being masculine. Sure. Hmm. And, you know, I, I grew up in a family like, thankfully, I, I had both of those sides as well. Yeah. You know, my dad, I was on the sports side. And then I, also my mom was into the arts and, you know, obviously have grown up playing basketball and yeah. doing, doing music, music and all your kids yeah. do that too. Like, yes. they look like they will like, you know. <laughs> break you in half if you step up on them. Amen. But then they'll sing this beautiful aria. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes and, you know, they it's do. This, this beautiful balance. But so I, I want you to just give us that quick thing of the wedding and then mm -hmm. talk to us about how you help people that might not have the canonical masculine characteristics yeah. just to understand that, that that's really probably not biblical masculinity anyways, but yeah. To help them to step into yep. what biblical masculinity yes. is. Yes, yeah, that that's excellent, excellent uh, question. Um, so, with regards to the the wedding, uh, every time I I officiate a wedding, uh, I I say the Lord. In in I did not come up with this. I, I know I came across this many many years ago. I I don't know who who uh, came up with it, but. Uh, uh, it's just brilliant, and I believe it really captures the way it's supposed to be in marriage. But uh, God, in His infinite wisdom, when He created woman, did not take her uh, from Adam's head that she would rule over him, uh, nor did He take her from Adam's feet that she would be trampled on by him. Uh, but God, in His sovereign wisdom, took Eve from Adam's side to be equal with him, from under his arm that she would be protected by him and from nearest his heart that she would be loved. And the, the truth of the matter is all the premarital counseling that I get to do so frequently, um, the very first thing we do is go to Ephesians five and the, the very first part of the chapter says, be imitators of God 
as dearly loved children. Mm-hmm. But then you skip down to husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. And, and, and I talk about wives submit to your own husbands and, and what does that mean? And, and ultimately one of the, one of the biggest things there, it says wives submit to your own husband and there's not a period. There's not an exclamation point submit woman, right? That's not there. <laughs> it's a comma as unto the Lord. And in this, I'm, 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 pretty confident that I'm reading into this a little bit, that this is a little bit of eisegesis. All right. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm, this is not thus saith the Lord, but I fully believe that there's an inference there that as men, we must embody Christ to our brides mm. in order for them to rightly do their job of submitting to our spiritual authority. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because if we're not being who we're supposed to be, it is hard as heck for them sure. to submit to our spiritual authority. Yeah. Again, I know that's not, you know, I, that I'm reading a little into this, it's but good, I, God I, and I, I, yes. <laughs> yeah. Amen. But I, but I do from no, a practical it's standpoint, sure. it's just, that's the yeah. reality. Yeah. Yeah. For and sure. And then what we see out of that is selfless, sacrificial, unconditional love. And when it says be imitators of God, how do we imitate him? You go back to Romans five, eight and God demonstrates his great love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, he sent Christ to die. Yeah. Pursuit. Hallelujah. Pursuit. He pursues us. And if, if we as husbands, what woman in her right mind will not love a man who pursues her heart in everything he does, who's selfless, who's sacrificial, and, and just loves her unconditionally? That is it. So that's kind of how I approach yeah, the whole man. marriage perspective, and I try to live that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, this was this was one of uh, God's provision in my life through Mindy Damon, just uh, exposing me to things that that honestly, I I, I probably grew up. Uh, you could you could probably classify me as as homophobic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I marry a woman who is completely immersed in the arts. Completely. And and I'm surrounded by a bunch of guys who don't act like the guys I've been in locker rooms with. For sure. Thank the Lord, honestly, in, in many ways. But um, <laughs> so this is what the Lord gave me a couple of years ago okay. as I as I was meeting with a student who was really struggling with some of these issues. Um, and and this wasn't just a, a lack of masculinity from a from a, you know, kind of our our societal perspective. Yeah, like our, yeah. This was he, he was also struggling with same sex attraction and those kind of things. And I was just praying, Lord, help me, help me minister to him because yeah. it's not been something okay. that I've ever struggled with. And, you know, you, 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 you can, you can flounder a little bit, not knowing yeah. what to say or what to do. And, and the Lord brought me back to David. How often was David the warrior? Mm-hmm. Mm. He had to be the warrior, certainly with Goliath. But then when he became king, was the majority of his life spent in battle or was it spent in writing songs and spent yeah, in, in worship in, mm-hmm. in, in praise, you know, like I, I think that was the majority of his life. Yeah. And, and very, very wrongfully people have suggested that he and Jonathan were, yeah. were something more, right? Yeah, like yeah. there was same sex attraction right. kind of stuff going on there uh, that I believe that's oh, just yeah. completely erroneous and, and ridiculous. It actually is supposed to be, that way from from men are supposed to have brothers like that yeah mm-hmm. who just genuinely love one another that brotherly affection sure. that paul talks about right sure um 
But I, I, I think David, man, when he had to be a warrior, he stepped into that place with great fervor, with great excellence, but with the Lord as his source of strength. The rest of his life was lived in this beautiful artistry. Mm-hmm. And he was every bit the man. Yeah. Every bit the man. So I, I think uh, that that's the way I kind of guide individuals who, you know, I, I, I even having a colleague uh, previously in, in ministry who didn't grow up, you know, throwing the ball and doing all this stuff and, and just, man, that doesn't make you any less of a man. Yeah. Are you kidding me? You know, and, 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 and so we connect over different things and, yeah. and, um, and you just, you, you focus on the strengths that God has given them and, and, and man, celebrate those and, sure. and walk in those with them, um, so that they don't have to live in a place of insecurity Sure, mm. yeah. because throwing a football a mile means nothing in the grand scheme of eternity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How many championships we won as a, as a team means nothing when we stand before the Lord, yeah. <laughs> but how we treated one another. Sure. Yeah. Right. That, that's, that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Love God, love others. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's yeah. a little bit of a non-issue yeah. to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not camping out there like, oh, we, we got to fix that. You know, <laughs> you're weak or you're, yeah. heck no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, so, and and that's, that's a huge part of the, the reason why we have pushed our boys to be very, very well-rounded. Yeah. Man, I want you to knock somebody's block off if necessary. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) You know, we don't look for that. We're not walking around half cock, just looking to punch somebody in the head. No. But if the chips are down, (laughs) I'll do it. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. That's but right. the rest of life, the rest of life is joy and celebration yeah, and, and worship in mm. everything we do. And, and man, that's where, that's where I want their energy and their wow. time and, and their skills. That's where, that's where I want them to camp out. For sure. Um, because I believe that's, that's where we honor God best. So, man. Well, this has been such a privilege. Uh, we could go for hours. Yeah, we could man. Go for hours. So we'll just have to do it so more good, later Dan. on when, when our Patreons Dana. give us enough money to do this, uh, yes. this video, yes. this video podcast. So yes. then they'll get to see and know you a little bit better. But thank you so much, Doug, for being on, man. This has been an honor and just an amazing time. Yes. Thank you so, so much good. for the privilege. It, it's uh, beyond words um, to be able to do this and step into this place with you guys. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this two-part interview with Doug Damon. We want to encourage you to interact with us on social media. You can find us at FreeMindFM on Twitter and Instagram and FreeMindPodcastFM on Facebook. You can also send us an email if you have any questions maybe that you'd like to hear answered on the show. You can email podcast at FreeMind.FM. And if you haven't already, I encourage you to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It helps us be discovered by other people as they search for content like this. And finally, we have a ton of bonus content on our Patreon, and any donation per month will get you access to lots of bonus episodes. We just released our third part of the Mountain Prophet interview there on our Patreon, and we have lots of content coming there as well. And you can support us there at patreon.com slash freemind.fm, and you can find all those links in the show notes and our website, freemind.fm. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.
Mach, mach, mach.